What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. I am excited to be with you guys today because, uh, man, I got a powerful episode. Even I was inspired. I was putting this thing together and uh, because the bullshit's starting to come out. You know, for years, I've been going, hey, they're lying to us about COVID. This can't be truthful. And I'm sitting there and I'm researching. I'm trying to find the documents. I'm trying to find the contradictions. But now you can just find them on the news going, yeah, we lied to you. We're sorry. You know, we thought we had uh, good ideas. Uh, turns out we didn't have the best ideas, so uh, we got a full presentation today, breaking down the government lies, and uh, before we do that, why don't we talk about a couple uh, little pieces, well actually no, before I get into nonsense, quick word of wisdom, monkeypox has been officially declared a public health emergency, uh, they actually didn't even say that, they called it a public health emergency of concern, because ever since Fauci's up in congressional hearings, making up some category of, of concern, now they got to cover their all track records, everyone's got to be calling things concerning, I'm concerned about the fact that they're using the word concerning all of a sudden, trying to cover Fauci, when he was lying, he sat down in a meeting, and he goes, alright, listen, I said that, that it wasn't gain of function, now, clearly that makes no fucking sense, so we're going to say it wasn't gain of function of concern, and then he went to a meeting, and he called up the people at the lab that he purchased the virus from, and he goes, listen, from now on, I need you guys start using the words of concern. Write that down. Put it on a board of concern. If you're doing something, it's of concern. That way I can cover my own ass as if that was a good usage of the word. But anyways, here's what I'm trying to tell everyone. Now that monkeypox has come out as being, uh, you know, a pandemic of concern, you know, something we all got to worry about. Just go out, have some anal gay sex. Yeah, just get it out early. It's like Corona. You know, you don't want to be one of these people has to stay home everyone's staying home. You're not working your jobs. You're not pursuing your career. You're not pursuing your interests. You're not living life. You know, we, we did this with Corona. You don't want to suffer through this twice. So just get like Corona. You got it early. And then you realized, all right, I don't have to worry about this thing. So just go out and have gay anal sex now so you can get it out of the way. You know, don't, don't spend another two years of your house being concerned with some virus. Just, just go, go hit up some gay orgy right now. Just, just get it done. Uh, and then, with that, um, you know, then after they announced it as being this uh, big emergency, here, here's the quote. Let's read it. Although I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern for the moment, this is an outbreak that is concentrated among men who have sex with men, especially those with multiple sex partners, Tedros said. This means uh, that this is an outbreak that can be stopped with the right strategies. And what are these right strategies? Are you guys going to be banning anal sex? I got to be honest, I would enjoy if they banned anal sex just so that I would have the opportunity to show up and support anal sex. You know, I could go to one of these rallies with the big old signs that say, my butthole, my choice. And then some guy would grab my ass. I'd be like, no, 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 I'm just here to support. I'm not I'm not actually into that. I know that uh, I publicly declare that I have AIDS, uh, which is why you you think that you'd want to stay away from my butthole. But, you know, let's get back to the my body, my choice thing. By the more that we can push on liberals, the more that people will start to realize, oh, I don't really like government infringing on my life. So I look forward to see what measures will be taken against monkeypox, because apparently it's an emergency for all of us, even though it's only affecting one community at this juncture in time. Uh, except I read about some kids today that came down with it in California. You know, that's why they shouldn't be teaching about sex in those classrooms. We've been talking about it. You don't want to be going into a kindergarten class, some teacher with blue hair teaching about kids. That's how you end up with kids with monkeypox. I mean, this is downright disgusting. I was just trying to make a friendly anal gay sex joke about consenting older adults. And then my ADD brain brought me to the headline of the article that I thought of the joke. And I said, you know what? Let's not mention that one. That one's inappropriate. That one's just for me to enjoy. But then I ended up saying it. All right. Anyways, you know, just uh, either go out there, 
have your gay anal sex, get your monkey pox out of the way early. Uh, or, you know, maybe the who can give us more guidance about who specifically this is an emergency for and whether or not they're going to get out there and ban the activity. And then us pro-freedom people can uh, finally show up and uh, support the gays. Uh, all right. Quick nonsense. One, saw widespread panic at the Beacon last night. And holy shit, dude, why? For all you people out there that might not be into jam bands, I'm going to say go, go, just go see widespread. Go see widespread. Lettuce is also like a good one if you're not into it. Maybe uh, who are some other ones that uh, if you're not otherwise pigeons playing ping pong, I feel like you get into if you're not that into jam bands. I'll be honest. I've seen fish and sometimes fish will play some of my favorite songs and sometimes they're cooking. And then sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know what they're doing here. And sometimes I don't know what they're doing for like a full 30 minutes. So the Grateful Dead, they're my all time favorite. And uh, while I'll be honest, I don't love the Den & Co. I, I've loved every variation of Phil Lesh and Friends with uh, with uh, Campbell. Larry Campbell was my per personal favorite. I like Bob Weir when he was doing the rat dog thing. Don't love him when he's just sitting there playing uh, the violas. And it's a little bit more of a autist uh, acoustic session. Um, but every variation of the Grateful Dead I've loved. I'll see Grateful Dead cover bands. I'll see Matt Hamilton any time of the day. But I'm just saying, I understand a lot of you people out there. You're listening to jam bands. You don't know what the fuck is going on. You can't understand it. And that's why I'm telling you widespread panic. They're like the heavy metal of jam bands. It's like there's a forward movement energy to them. that, like, even if you're not into jam, like they just kind of, they, they, they're moving forward a little bit faster. And if you didn't understand jam, I feel like you could get into it. I, I feel like you could sit there, watch Jimmy Herring, see what he's doing and be like, you know, in its own weird way, I think it's a little bit more rock and roll than some of the other jam bands. It was also cool because the first I saw, last time I saw Widespread Panic was the week before, you know, they discovered that uh, that COVID was a thing. And so it was cool to be back at the Beacon, actually allowed inside the venue. It also seems like they're letting people smoke weed at the Beacon again because I was in high school, you could literally, when you saw, went to see the Almond Brothers at the Beacon Theater, it was like traveling back to the 70s. You could have brought a backpack in with you with your bong, bottle of Jack Daniels. They didn't give a shit. I would roll like eight joints to smoke throughout the concert. And then I remember they redid the venue. I went back in college. I got the like security pulled me out for smoking a joint and they yelled at me a bunch and then let me sit back in my seat. And then they got real strict about it. And so last night I wasn't smoking weed, but other people were hitting their joints. I was like, all right, the beacon's back in business. Uh, so, you know, go check out widespread panic. They got my full endorsement, but buy, buy tickets to porch tour first. Like if you only have some money to go to live events, obviously porch tour is way cooler. I got the shed cast guys coming with me. So you can be able to catch some tunes out on porch tour. Uh, and then, uh, do I want to talk about my messy apartment and, and laundry operation? Yeah, we could cover this quickly. So I've been noticing, I mean, my, my apartment's become a disgusting pig sty. Now it's clean. It's clean because I took some Yo Kratom's the other day, some white mang da, and uh, I got the whole thing nice and fixed up. You know, Yo Kratom, home of the $6 kilo. If you're into Kratom, you can go over there, get yourself a bag of white man da pills and uh, go clean up things that you, I don't know that you can say that. Anyways, moving forward. Although I do love my Yo Kratom's. There's a sign right there, home of the $6 kilo. I was noticing as I was going on the road, I, I have this thing in my head where I didn't want to return to a messy apartment. Like, I feel like my my mess needed to be observed because if it wasn't being actively observed, it might morph into something or I'd end up with rats. So I felt like as long as I was here to observe the mess and make sure that, like, there weren't any bugs or wild animals that were calling my mess their home, then it was OK. But I was getting concerned that if I was leaving for like three or four days, like I can't be leaving sloppy mess in here. Like that, that that's crazy talk. Otherwise, it'd be on my mind the whole time that at some point I'm going to be coming back to my apartment 
And it's, can I just tell you one time I went on the road for three days, I forgot to flush the toilet. It was like, I peed in there a whole bunch. I didn't take a giant shit in there, but I opened up my door. And I'm like, why the fuck does my apartment smell like fish in a dive bar? And then I went, I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. So I learned from that. You don't want to come back to it. Like when you're on the, like you've done like a whole bunch of days on the road, or I've already told the, the, the story when I just left my sink on for four straight days. Um, I do dumb things, you know, that there's no, there's no solution to stupid. Ron White already has a joke about that. But anyways, so I've been noticing that like the night before I go on the road and then some of these gigs, you know, they, they take a lot out of you. You wake up at six in the morning to get on a flight. Then you're at the show. It, it's rock and roll once you get out there in its own little way with only 60 people in the backyard. But work with me here. I was noticing that I'd be spending all night the night before I went on the road cleaning my apartment because I didn't want to come home to a mess. And then I realized, why not just live in a place that isn't a mess? Isn't that a better solution? Then you can enjoy the days that you're here and have it not be messy. And then I kept procrastinating, like not cleaning and stuff. And then I already told the story the other night. I wiped out pretty good uh, trying to take a leak in the middle of the night because, you know, I'm an old man. I drink a lot of water before I go to bed. Helps uh, offset hangovers if you've been drinking. Uh Anyways, well, oh, and then here was the other thing I noticed I've been doing uh, is that I'll overpack like when I go uh, like when I go away, I'll just overpack. I'll just take whatever amount of clothes for the amount of days that I can squeeze into a luggage bag and I'll just put all like I don't count how many days I'm going. It's just how much can I squeeze into a luggage bag? And then I end up leaving the luggage bag in the car so long that even the clothes that were never worn that were clean, I then feel like I have to send to like the laundry place, right? And I stopped doing my own laundry recently just because uh, the machines in the building, they don't really dry. And then you end up like thinking, oh, I'm going to save money. And then you spend two full weeks standing outside just trying to like dry it in the sun or whatever. So what can I say? I've been dropping it off for the Asians to fold. And then you end up with folded clothes. But I've been noticing that I got like a, a Charlie Day system here where it's like the mail comes in and I just send it back out because I don't want to deal with it. That I just kept on like taking laundry and then sending it back to the laundry. So anyways, place is nice and clean now. Thanks to YoKratom.com, home of the $6 kilo. And uh, hopefully I'll figure out a better protocol on laundry because this is getting expensive. I'm not even wearing the clothes. I'm just I'm just taking them from the laundry place, shoving them into a suitcase, not really wearing them. And then break, I, I should almost just like see if I can ship my, it would be great. Dude, that would be a great service for travelers. If you could drop off your laundry somewhere and then they would just pack the bags and then ship it back to your next destination. I wonder how much shipping like all your clothes would cost versus uh, paying for, for like your overhead bag. Because some of these airlines, dude, the other day I bought a ticket to an airline. Seat was 50 bucks. I was like, this is great. And then th this was the fucking fine print. Frontier Airlines, worst airlines I've ever seen in my entire life. The carry-on that you're allowed is like a purse. Even a backpack is not considered a personal item to these people. So then you got to pay for your overhead for even just a backpack, which is bullshit. It's supposed to be backpack and then one other item. But they're changing their own rules. They're really being fucking Jews about it. And then you go and buy that. It's 50 bucks. What would it cost me just to ship all my shit? Like, I've, I've paid for shipping on Amazon. Maybe this should be the next Amazon service. You just drop off all your clothing somewhere. And then they they just fold it and they ship it. Then they ship it back. Maybe they even just store it. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with an entire wardrobe of travel clothes that never made it into my apartment. I would even be fine with the service. Like they got services where like they'll do the shopping for you. They'll send you your khaki pants and shirts. I would be fine with the travel service where I just tell you where I'm going for a weekend. I don't even need to know what the wardrobe is. I could dress like the Hawaiian style for a weekend. You want to send me shitty Hawaiian shirts? You want to send me t-shirts like I love fucking Bon Jovi, who I don't love? I'll pretend like I'm a Bon Jovi fan for a weekend. I, I, I'm going to try this service. If you're out there, you got a business degree, you've recently retired, 
They're like, I don't know what to do with my life. Why not try uh, the lazytraveler.com? You and I can work on it together. And we just ship you a suitcase full. And then it's kind of fun because then you just get to show up and see what kind of supplies do these people send me. And then maybe you open it up and you're like, oh, cool, butt plug. I've never tried shoving things in my ass. And I do want to go out there and get monkeypox. So this is going to help me uh, feel a little bit more comfortable when I have my first experience having anal sex. So I can get my monkeypox out of the way. So when everyone else is getting locked in their homes, except then you're going, listen, I already had my monkeypox. Don't tell me I got the natural immunity. I, I'm not even gay. And I went out there and I took a dick up my ass just so I could get monkeypox and not be told I have to stay in my home because of a pandemic that exists. Because last time you told everyone that they needed to stay in their home just because old people were dying and getting sick. I wasn't going to die and get sick, but you told me I needed to stay in my home. So now this time you got gay people getting sick. And you're going to tell everyone that they got to stay in their home. And I didn't want to do that. So I just figured I go out there. I take a dick right up my rectum. I would get the monkeypox out of the way. So I'd be good to go. I could just enjoy my life. And now you're telling me that the natural immunity doesn't even work. So anyways, the service should be the lazytraveler.com where you get a suitcase. They just ship it to you and then you get to just wear. And then maybe, maybe you end up with the wrong one. They ship you the wrong one. And then you just wear dresses for a couple days. I think I could get into wearing dresses. If I could pretend like a service sent me the wrong clothes, especially in summer, you get those one piece jumpers that are nice and lightweight or like a nice little floral summer dress. You could show, I could see myself showing up somewhere and be like, listen, I didn't want to wear this nice lightweight floral summer dress. That's really letting my balls air out. Because normally I wear sheets, but if I can just wear a summer dress, I'll let these things flop in the wind and get that cooling mist up there. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I could get into that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't opt to do that. But if I had no choice to do it, now we're on to something. All right, that's enough of all this nonsense. Because I, I got real stuff. I, like I said, I got an inspiring episode ahead of us here. Uh, but before we do that, we can take a couple uh, comments from the comment section. One time in college, my roommate put laundry detergent in the dishwasher, flooded the whole kitchen, and destroyed the dishwasher. All right. Well, that guy's not great. Um, David Allen, is Rob on Coke? No, sometimes I just get animated. Sometimes it's just the middle of the afternoon. I'm in a soundproof room and I start yelling and then I just keep yelling. And that's the thrills of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Maybe you're, maybe you're new to the experience. So are we witnessing the tail end of Weekend Cocaine Fest? No, I'm, not, I'm really not in, uh, not that into Coke. Angus Young outfit. Uh, yeah, I could get into dressing that way. Dale and Allen, is he going to sleep hard in a couple of hours? Uh, and uh, as long as, you know, I was already mentioning Sheath, promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off. And I might post some footage of uh, me training to beat Robert in this epic conquest of 3,000 stairs, which I don't know how you even train for that. All right, so next video, let's give uh, this one a watch. This one came my way via uh, CPU dog. And uh, you guys can go down the archive because he was talking about one of the significant problems about having a COVID passport is not only will you be tying us to our technology, able to track us wherever we're going uh, and really be able to have an excuse for tracking all of our activities in the name of public safety. But you'll also be forcing us to engage with technology that you might not otherwise want to engage with. So, for example, I once wanted to go to the uh, IRS website to get like my tax returns. And uh, it, uh, they forced me. I didn't have a credit card. The reason I didn't have a credit card is because I'm really dumb with money. I was so bad with money at that time. I used to take out the exact amount of cash I needed when I was going into New York City to do open mics. Said I couldn't afford to buy more than one drink. So that I wouldn't, because I was a really dumb 20 year old. And if I had a credit card, I, I'd just be drinking all night on that credit card. So I purposely didn't want a credit card. But at one point, I needed to get some tax return document for my accountant or something, and I had to get a credit card in order to verify my own identity. They forced me to engage with a private company and get a product that I didn't want at that time. So now you've got, what if you're forced to have a smartphone and you're forced 
with that smartphone to put technology on. Like, in other words, like for me, if I have to download an app on my smartphone, which every company makes you do, why can't I just have my concert tickets? Why can't I just select the flight? Why can't you just email me my receipt and documents? Why does every single company in the world make you download their fucking dumb app? Like, do you think on my free time, I'm going to go check out the Delta app? Or what is it that you're tracking on my phone that it's so important? Just charge me more for the plane tickets. You're already ripping me off. You're already telling me at the last second that I got to spend more for the overhead bin and my flight is canceled. Can you just charge me more and not force me to download an app? All right. So anyways, talking about being forced to engage with technology, CPU God, who, by the way, if you live in the uh, Nashville area, check out the uh, Bon Aqua Computer Club. The guy runs more events than just hosting some report store. And also, um, check out music for all interview. If I, uh, I, um, I did a, uh, I think a pretty good one kind of talking about the, uh, the philosophy of porch store and, uh, she's doing some uh, great interviews over there. So go check that out. All right. Continuing. Let's watch this video. CPU God called it in advance. Let's give it a watch. Ladies and gents, welcome back. So you complied, you rolled up your sleeve. You I do not need gone. this guy's commentary. I'm did I pull I up do, the wrong video? I do. I understand. Airport. I linked in the wrong video. Disease. Fuck me. And we, I, you know, I was telling you guys about all these great videos that I had lined up, and now I got some other putts commenting on the video. I don't want some other putts as commentary. All right. You, I, I, here was the video. Essentially, it seems to me like there's a law in Canada that you are forced to, uh, I guess, if you're traveling back to the country, you need to have your COVID documents on your phone. It's not enough to have been fully vaccinated. You need to actually have that on your phone. So they tell this Canadian lady, Canadian lady comes back from a trip and they go, we understand that you're fully vaccinated uh, and you might have even tested negative. Uh, but sadly, since I can't access the documents because you don't have it on your phone, I have no choice but to serve you with the fact that you have to quarantine for the next two weeks. And then she goes, well, is this going to be enforced? Why is this policy fair? And basically, and it, she gets mad in the most Canadian polite way ever where she just, I'm darn right upset. Like, you know what I mean? She's not cursing at the guy. She's not going nuts. She's not yelling shit. She's just going, this isn't right. And not just for me. It's like if you watch Mother Goose get upset about something. Like, she's not she's not very good at expressing the anger that she's feeling. I already spent a whole year in my house, and now you're going to make me do even more time? So she's not happy about it. But then, firstly, it's a creepy application of the technology, right? That you're forced to download something onto your phone. Even if you're an old person, you don't engage with technology. Now you're being told, hey... And then the guy, the person who is in government goes, listen, this doesn't make uh, I'm not it's not for me to interpret this policy. It's just for me to give you this piece of paper and let you know that you have to quarantine for two weeks. Well, is anything going to happen to me? Well, like I said, that's not up to me. That's going to be up to these other agencies that may or may not enforce it. It's so typical government that you can be standing in front of someone and they can go, listen. I know that what I'm doing is terrible and makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but this is my job and you might be in trouble, but I can't even tell you if you will be in trouble and you might be able to take this up with somebody else, but I can't tell you if you can take it up with somebody else. It is such a, it, you know, it'd be nice if we had the video. All right. Instead of talking about that one, why not pull one comment from a fan endorsing sheath underwear? Uh, the sheets really do feel like someone is cradling your sack all day. 10 out of 10 feeling. All right. These other videos I know for sure I have. And, and uh, Welcome that back. one we can play at another juncture, uh, juncture in time. Uh, so here we have Fauci. He's being asked if people based on everything that's going on should still get vaccinated. Let's give this a watch. 
National Library of Medicine, uh, The Lancet, published a study on the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines and the waning immunity with time. And the study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses was lower than, than that among unvaccinated individuals. Uh, we, I guess the question I get a lot is why don't we hear the downsides of any vaccines? We really don't hear that. There's a study out of Germany um, that says the Federal Institute of Vaccines, Biomedical Drugs, the rate for a severe adverse reaction, uh, according to them, is one reported severe reaction per 5,000 vaccine injections. Do we have any data about, you know, vaccines and the, the back end of that or the negative side of that? There's been. So this is what me and Stephen were talking about yesterday. According to the Lancet study, if you haven't been vaccinated eight months, there's a negative utility to the vaccine. Let's see how Fauci addresses this. When have we ever seen Fauci questioned about whether or not there are downside risks to the vaccine? And rarely does this get actually presented to him, or was there a medical study validating such questions? Let's see Fauci's response. And yeah. A number of studies, New York yeah. Times just did one about um, sure. menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's Let's pause right there. Transient and temporary. So then why are people still reporting it? If most people haven't been boosted, and I guess we're first hearing about it now, what evidence do you have that that's transitory or temporary? Why are you suggesting that that's transitory and temporary? Or better stated, when were you aware of it that you didn't come forward? If you already know that it's temporary and we're first reading about this now, so does that mean that you were aware of it six months ago? And if you were aware of it six months ago, why didn't you come out and go, hey, listen, uh, your vaginas, they're going to bleed a little more, but it's only, f it's temporary. They're not going to be, it's not forever bleed. It's, 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 uh, it's a couple months bleed. So just be aware. It's, uh, it's only, it's only a little blood for a little while, but still get vaccinated now. Kind of blending him point. and Biden. What are points. you going to do? We need to study it more. There are downsides. I all say that we need to study it more. Right. But still just go get it. Even if you haven't gotten it. Yeah, we need to do more studies. I'm telling you that it's temporary, but still like, I, I don't want to hear we need to study it more. Then you should have done it before you made the recommendation. It's to every intervention. But the issue is, Brett, you've got to balance what we call the risk-benefit ratio. And if you look at the deaths and the morbidity of the curves that no one will argue with when you look at a vaccinated person versus an unvaccinated person, particularly a vaccinated person who's boosted, you look at it and it just explodes out of a slide at you. Can I see this slide? Can I see this explosive slide? How come? I, why don't you share it with us? If you've got data over the last three months that people who are recently who have been vaccinated or people that have been recently boosted are so much better protected than anybody else. Can you share the slide with us? Why not? Why not? Why not just get on the news and go, hey, listen, I know that everybody is getting upset. People are realizing that these vaccines aren't working great. They're nervous about being boosted. But I've got a bombshell slide to show you. And if you can just look at this bombshell slide, you could see the risk first reward. All And why not show it to me in each age category? Maybe if this is just efficient for people over the age of 65 who are otherwise diabetic and fat, then you could have the fat diabetic pre-existing health condition chart and showcase why those people should be boosted. 
Or you could showcase why people in their 20s. I mean, last I heard, you were recommending that kids are getting three because of an emergency authorization on what I just saw Thomas Massey posted. It's not even the formula that you're going to be giving to U.S. citizens. Oh, maybe I might be uh, confusing two things. I retract that last statement because uh, he might have been talking about the non-emergency adult uh, version of the vaccine, not the child version of the vaccine. All right, continuing. Sorry for that last comment. Might have confused people. The difference is stunning. It's not perfect. No one is saying it's perfect, but it does a very good job in protecting you from severe consequences. We didn't anticipate that we would have a virus that has such a capability of evolving and continuing to mutate. And the reason. All right. How is it that you guys did not anticipate that this thing would evolve? Now he's saying that we like his language is specific because he's a liar. So what he's trying to say is we didn't know the rate of evolution. However, I had people emailing me on my podcast going, there was a doctorate, not a current doctor, a guy in his doctorate study for molecular biology who said the current vaccine makes no sense because it only is going to work against the current version. I hadn't read that anywhere. I hadn't seen it anywhere. We had him on our show. How is it that a random person listening to the Run Your Mouth podcast who was getting a doctorate in molecular biology was able to forecast for the fact that this is not going to work long term because virus mutates. Now, he's being specific and he's trying to go, well, we didn't realize how quick. Well, you knew that the virus was going to mutate and you knew that once it mutated, the original thing wasn't going to work. So don't pretend like, oh, we never saw three mutations and that the three mutations would make the vaccine. So I don't know. People seem to see what you put out and email me right away going, hey, this makes no zero sense. So I don't believe for one second. I, I mean, I, I, like we need more proof that Fauci's lying. National Library of Medicine, uh, The Lancet published. Yeah, let's, let's listen mutate. to that again. In many yeah. cases, some of those mutations lead to a variant. Here we go. David Allen's on top of it because viruses have never evolved before this one that he paid to have invented in a lab that he knows nothing about. Exactly. And we'll read one more. They take all the recent data and combine it with the old data to confuse the fact uh, um the fact that the bot that the box is even less of an effect than the low effect. I don't know what that means. All right, let's move on. Another video showcasing. By the way, if you haven't seen it, uh, there's a great video making the rounds on Twitter of the uh, music from Queens. Another one bites the dust with all the politicians going, hey, listen, if you get this, you're not going to be able to get the virus. You're not going to be able to transmit the virus, followed by all of them going. Uh, I just tested positive for COVID-19. And I thank everybody for putting these videos together and showcasing the fact that they boldface lie to us. But you might go, all right, when the politicians boldface lie to us, it's because they were getting bad information. Or maybe it was even that the information about the vaccines, the people that were producing the vaccines, maybe they misunderstood. Maybe when they studied it in a lab, they actually did think that it would prevent you from getting infected. Or maybe even against the original variant, the original strain, they thought it would prevent infection uh, rate of which, you know, we know that they lied about the relative risk versus the uh, the absolute risk reduction, but maybe they thought that there was some utility there. And now we're starting to find out just how bold-faced they lied to us. Let's continue through my run of recent videos here. This is from a month ago. I don't know how I missed this, but this is Jim Jordan, who, uh, other than Thomas Massey at the moment, is the absolute best when it comes to these uh, congressional hearings. Uh, so let's watch a little bit of Jim Jordan grilling Deborah Burks, who is, um, I believe, the uh, White House doctor um, who is working on Corona stuff. Maybe 
I don't know that she was more senior than Fauci because Fauci's at the NIH, uh, but I think she was definitely high up in terms of putting together the COVID response and uh, advising Trump. In January of 2021 and late December of 2020, that reinfection was occurring after natural infection. Once you see that, and I want to make it clear to you all and to, to anyone that is listening, this is not measles, mumps, and rubella. Those but, vaccines produce long-term immunity and can create herd immunity. So uh, I just want to interrupt for a second, Dr. Burstein. You said something important. You said in early 2021, January 2021, you knew that people who had been vaccinated could be reinfected. I knew that people who were naturally infected were getting reinfected. And that was quite evident from South Africa, and I've included it in my slides. But I think the reason I knew that is South Africa did a remarkably good job in measuring baseline antibody with their first surge. And so they knew 50, 60, 70% of some of their population well, had been infected. Well, well, here's what I'm and concerned. And then were reinfected. Well, here's what I'm concerned about with. Let me ask the question this way. When the government told us, told the American people, that people who had been vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or were they lying? I don't know. I'll, in January of 2021. In Let's just stop there. Shit, I think I might have just restarted this video. That's not fun. Um, how do you not know? I mean, you were part of the committee that was making these advisements. How do you not know? I mean, shouldn't it be? Well, certainly all the evidence was that it would prevent you from getting it as we had sold it at that time. How do you not like you not knowing is just as bad as saying we lied because you certainly should know if you went out and told the American people this is going to prevent infection like you, you absolutely should know what information you had at the time that was leading you to present the information in that way. Um, sadly, wait, let's see if I can make a, I don't think I can. All right. We're going to have to re, oh no, come on to get your, <laughs> what do I spend so much time organizing these slides for? In January of 2021 and late, if I can fast forward, no, I can't. Ah, oh, crap. All right. We got to re-listen to a minute of Jim. In I'm going to let January this play through and then I'll comment at the end. Late December of 2020 that reinfection was occurring after natural infection. Once you see that, and I want to make it clear to you all and to, to anyone that is listening, this is not measles, mumps, and rubella. Those but, vaccines produce long-term immunity and can create herd immunity. So uh, I just want to interrupt for a second, Dr. Burst. You said something. And remember when they sold us that this was like other vaccines? So you're telling me you knew right off the bat that this was not like other vaccines and would not have long-term immunity? So it sounds like the initial pitch on this should have at least been, hey, we need everyone to get this thing every six months. Important. You said in early 2021, January 2021, you knew that people who had been vaccinated could be reinfected. I knew that people who were naturally infected were getting reinfected. And that was quite evident from South Africa. And I've included it in my slides. But I think the reason I knew that Erndergov with the good point South of Africa let me be clear, which is a classic in measuring baseline antibody with their first surge. And so they knew 50, 60, 70 percent of some of their population well, had been infected. Well, well, here's what I'm and concerned. And then were reinfected. Well, here's what I'm concerned about with. Let me ask the question this way. When the government told us, told the American people that people who had been vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or were they lying? I don't know. 
All I know is there was evidence from the global pandemic that natural reinfection was incurring. And since the vaccine was based on natural immunity, you cannot make the conclusion. So they recognize natural immunity too. Than natural infection, although it can often do slightly better. But I think that's—I mean, you're an expert. You were on the task force. You were part of this this effort when you were in the previous administration. And you're saying in this administration that you can't rule out the fact that our government was lying to us when they told us the vaccinated could not get the virus. I don't know about their discussions that they had in the task force. So I can't tell you that. I can tell you as a family member who had individuals that were susceptible, of course we got everybody vaccinated, but we still use layered protection during surges because I knew potentially the vaccine immunity would wane like natural immunity waned. And there was evidence that every four months reinfection was occurring in South Africa. Wow. When the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? Or is it the same answer? I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. And that's why. All right. We got to pause right there. I think it was hope. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to listen to the scientists? What happened to, uh, hey, this is safe and effective. If you get this, you can't get the virus. You can't transmit the virus. Hey, hey, don't question us. We're the scientists. Wait, it comes down to hope. I mean, if this comes down to hope, I'll go wish upon the stars. I'll start putting candles in my afternoon donuts when I'm feeling sad and lonely and I decide to eat donuts. I'll start blowing out the candle. I'll make a wish. I mean, if this comes down to hope, I can start going to church. Really? After all of your fucking science talk, this thing came down to, well, we hoped. Uh, there you go. It's the fucking Tinkerbell politics I've been telling everybody about. That as long as we hold our hands, we hope and dream, and we just believe in government, you know, the food might not just run out. I mean, that's the science that you guys have. It just comes down to, at the end of the day, well, we said it based on hope. I mean, what scientist, what, 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 is there some science? I don't remember that from high school biology. I don't remember them going, listen, uh, science is not based off of stats, statistics, reasons, argument, uh, arguments, hypothesis. We don't even test things anymore. It's just hope. It's actually just one really well-paid government individual with a contract with Big Pharma that's going to put something out there, mandate it to everyone, and tell them that it's because of the science that you have to comply. But then if you really question them, a full two years later, by the way, it takes a full two years before you can finally grill someone and have them go, well, what evidence did you, I think it was based on hope. Really? The best that the world's most fantastic country, most resourceful in all human history could come down to in terms of trying to treat a pandemic was hope. And then why can't I just make my own personal decisions about what I, instead of being hopeful about your experimental vaccine, can I just be hopeful about the way my natural immunity would work? Can I just be hopeful that if I just go about living my life, my life, like, why do I got to put my hope in? Like, why, why do you get to pick what we're hopeful for? I mean, hopeful sounds like a religious personal decision. Who gave government a monopoly on hope? I understand, like, giving them a monopoly on uh, all sorts of activities like taxes. I might not be into it, but at least it understands. But suddenly they got a monopoly on hope. We, we, we can't even do hope on our own. That's what we got to spend $40 billion on the CDC for. CDC is, is for it to boil down to hope. I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the so, table, so being it, very clear what we know and what but we this, don't this know. Is, this is important for the country to know. So when I asked the question, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, and I asked you if it was a guess or a lie, you said you don't know. You said you think it was hope. So what we do know is it wasn't the truth. So they were either guessing, lying, or hoping, and communicating that information to the, to the, to the citizens of this country. 
I think they were hoping, but you should know in those original phase three trials that were done in this country, that we only measured for symptomatic disease. So we weren't proactively testing everybody in those trials to see if they got infected with mild or asymptomatic disease. So you mean it wasn't a full trial? I, that's all I'm hearing. I, I mean, you can smile all you want and go, well, when we were, I, it's amazing to keep the composure. Well, when we sat down and we advised that people can't go to their jobs unless they take this jab in order to keep their family safe and protected. Well, the study that we did, it wasn't a full study. And yes, we turned to the American public and said that we did everything even though it's warp speed and no one's ever done a clinical trial this way, we ensured them that it would be safe and effective, but there were aspects of the trial that weren't completed. So it sounds to me like you didn't do a full trial. And so people had to present within the clinical trial. I, I'm just, so I, we I'm, never had the data that it was yeah. going to protect against asymptomatic infection. I'm just. I mean, now I, that's a weird word in there, prevent against asymptomatic. Uh, yeah, what about symptomatic? I mean, why wouldn't you have had the data about that? Even here, she's uh, kind of being a little bit slick with her with words. The we got we got government agencies guessing, hoping, or lying uh, if, if, with with the information they're presenting to the American people. And this is the same this is the same administration that wants to set up the the government governance disinformation governance board and wants to talk about misinformation. And they're the biggest purveyors of misinformation, false information, hopeful information, but not accurate and true information. I'll just say this. Hope is free. You know, if that's what it comes down to, if all of our tax dollars are just going to the government so that they can tell us how we can be hopeful, I think we can do that without them. I mean, if we're just winging it and leaving things up to faith and hope, uh, I, I feel like there's better ways to go about it. All right. I got more videos showcasing these liars. Here we go. We got Deborah Burks on uh, Fox News. Uh, let's give it a listen. I want to get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who have been fully vax vaccinated and, and boosted and all that, and they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who've not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, well, why bother? Why bother? What do you what do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during the law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. All right. So from the outset, she's saying that she knew that this would not uh, prevent against infection. So why didn't you tell us that? I mean, this is you're now you're actually changing from we originally hoped. I, well, I, maybe the, her hope claim was about transmission. Right. But I don't understand how you can get infected and then not transmit it. Right. So now she's actually changing what she's saying to even Biden or everyone should have been aware of at the outset that this was not going to prevent. In other words, they didn't make a mistake when they told us that it's not going to prevent you from getting infected. The initial pitch of this is you will be infected, but it's going to prevent you from the severe disease or otherwise. So in other words, on their own words, when they told us that it was going to prevent infection, they obviously had scientific evidence otherwise, and they blatantly lied to us. It will, but let's be very clear. 
50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. All right, let's see some more of these incredible videos. All right, this one is uh, in the White House. So, you know, they've got all their health and safety protocols. They keep preaching us on our health and safety protocols. And then again and again, we see that they don't actually uh, use their own health and safety protocols. So here we go. We've got, I believe this is the current White House doctor answering for some of what Kamala Harris is doing. And by the way, Kamala Harris would be a particularly dangerous individual to be around if she might have Corona because she's laughing all the time. If she's got Corona, like fucking Joker mouth going to be spreading all over. Ha, 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 just fucking sprinkling that shit. I mean, that's like a sneeze machine on a little kid that just came out of daycare with snot coming out of its nose. You want to talk about a super spreader, it would be Kamala's laugh. Let's give this a listen. The other question I have for you, Dr. Shah, uh, Vice President Harris is a close contact with the president, and the CDC guidance says that if you're a close contact, you want to wear a well-fitting mask when you're around other people. She just spoke at a conference in D.C., and she hugged someone without a mask on. She was also maskless for most of that conversation. Would you have recommended that she keep her mask on, given that that is the CDC guidance? You know, I, I think I, I, I'm not sure what the, I have not been tracking the vice president's activities. I, I, so I don't have anything specific to say about uh, what she did. My understanding is that the vice president is following CDC guidelines on uh, close contact. She's also uh, recently been infected. So within the 90 days uh, of, of a previous infection. But I don't know if you have anything else to yeah. offer. On, on yeah, the vice I, president. I guess she is following the CDC guidance, though, yeah. right? If she is hugging someone without a mask on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the CDC guidance is clear, but I, you know, the problem is me commenting on what the vice president did when I wasn't actually haven't seen it or I don't actually know what happened is very, very difficult. So and, I'm going to. She took off the mask and she and she embraced someone. You don't have to see it. I mean, that's that's what happens. Yeah. So usually, when we think about people ha having contact is for an extended period of time. I don't know. Again, I didn't see. There you go. It wasn't an extended hug. I can't see the hug. There's like a three second rule. It's kind of like when you drop shit on the floor. And I know we've been telling you guys the whole time. Like, in other words, here's what the guidance should have been. You can hug someone, but just not like Joe when he's hugging a kid, he's trying to sniff. Like if you've got enough time on that hug to get a sniff in, that's too long of a hug. You got to think three second normal hug, not being a creep. So like when you hug a lady and then you try and get that little extra pull to feel her titties, don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that, but that's too long of a hug. But when you get that initial just tap on the back, distant hug, that's a safe hug. You're not going to be transmitting any virus to each other. So actually, it's not that Kamala violated our recommendation. It's just that we haven't been clear on our recommendation of that. Really, the only problem is extended hugs. And without having seen her hug, I can't evaluate the amount of time. It's a three Mississippi count, by the way. It's not like when you're playing backyard football, don't be saying the quick Mississippis and then rushing in too early. That's not the way it works. It's got to be a full Mississippi count. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. That's when you would start sniffing or pressing in. That's when it's too long of a hug. And that's when you can actually start transmitting it, even if you're outdoors. And even though we know that I think it takes about 15 minutes, still more than three seconds on a hug, that would be a violation. And uh, without having seen this hug, I can't actually say that that's what happened. Let's watch another video yeah, from this idiot doctor. Do I have the video from the idiot doctor? Why are my videos loading up? You know, you go more than a half hour here and the CIA is on to you. They see what you're doing. Hmm. 
All right, I don't know where this next video is. The next video is uh, basically the ad, he was reporting in about Biden and he talks about how Biden's doing well and he ate his entire dinner and he even showed him his plate, which is really the only way you would describe an old man with dementia. Unless you were talking about a three-year-old or a man with dementia, you wouldn't let a conference room know that the guy finished his entire plate and he was a good boy. Someone even did like the circles, the windmills into the mouth. Uh, they like they flew an airplane. I saw Jill do it. He wasn't hungry, but they put the chicken nuggets, the dinosaur ones. They dipped it in ketchup and they 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 went right into his mouth. And I saw him eat. I saw him swallow it. And and then we made a deal with him that if he finished his vegetables, we'd let him have rice pudding. Uh, and and I saw him. I saw him eat the vegetables. So he's gonna be okay. He's gonna make it. Uh, and then this is uh, I, I basically want to call an episode. But in the last episode, I'd reference the fact that uh, Deborah Burke's inner book uh, basically admitted that she was fabricating information before presenting it, I believe, to, uh, to Trump. Uh, so the problem with this is that it's coming from very conservative websites. So I'm, I'm not saying it's not true, but more often than not, when either side has scandalous information and then you find it in its original sources, there's usually some spin on this. So I think it's good to be aware of the claim that they're making about Deborah Burks. We just watched her in a press conference. It's pretty clear that she was uh, pushing the virus and that she lied about it. Uh, but I put this in 50% accuracy, but no, nevertheless, I, I, I do think it's worth uh, reading. Um, this is from the National Pol uh, Pulse. I believe it is an excerpt from her book, and we're going to read one other excerpt, and then I'm going to find out what video didn't make it to today's thing, because I, I was curious. I know I had one more that was good. All right, here we go. I devised a workaround for the governor's reports I was then writing. Instead of including those recommendations in the common bulleted list, I'd include them in the pandemic summary and state-specific recommendations in the governor's reports where they wouldn't be so obvious. These weekly reports couldn't go out on Monday without administration approval. Week by week, Mark's office began providing line-by-line -line edits. After the heavily edited documents were returned to me, I'd reinsert what they had objected to, but place it in those different locations. I'd also reorder and restructure the bullet points so the most salient, the points the administration objected to most, no longer fell at the start of the bullet points. I shared, because even if Donald Trump's reading, it's not past bullet point number one. So if you went into a press conference and you're like, hey, we should invade Iran, and he's like, we shouldn't invade Iran, you just put a couple bullet points down. He doesn't even make it that far. All right, I shared these strategies with the three members of the data team also writing these reports. Our Saturday and Sunday report writing routine soon became write, submit, revise, hide, resubmit. Fucking just putting that into her book. Fortunately, this strategic sleight of hand worked. Once again, gleefully taking pride in the fact that, you know, she was lying to people, that they never seemed to catch this subterfuge left me to conclude that either they read the finished reports too quickly or they neglected to do the word search that would have revealed the language to which they had objected. Now, this is from Red State. No sooner had we convinced the Trump administration to implement our version of a two-week shutdown than I was trying to figure out how to extend it. 15 days to slow the spread was a start, but I knew it wouldn't just be that. It didn't have the numbers in front of me to yet make the case for extending it longer, but I had two weeks to get them. However hard it had been to get the 15-day shutdown approved, getting another one would be more uh, would be more difficult by orders of magnitude. Look at this. This lady is gleefully taking pride in the fact that she did everything she could in order to shut down our economy. All right. Give me one second, everybody. While I look for this, you can check out my little green corner of uh, of the studio. I want to see what's going on with my slides here because I know that I had one other video that I'd like to play for you guys and I don't want to have to come back to it tomorrow. 
Uh, and while I'm doing this, Summer Porch Store is in session. August, I've got unbelievable dates coming at you guys. We just added it in Vegas. That's going to be with me and BK Chris stand up and a live podcast out in Vegas. Um, what else do I have coming up? We've got the uh, um, date at Max's house, which is obviously heart and sent uh, the heart and soul of Summer Porch Store. Luckily, I've managed to find more Maxes in my life of people that are willing to piss off their wives and let us throw summer parties from their backyards. And uh, people have been incredibly supportive of this adventure. And we've done, we've really branched out and done a lot more very successful summer porch tour dates. Uh, Max's house though is uh, it's OG. This is now like our fifth time coming back. He's got his own private bar and I'm bringing out all the stops for this show. So even though it's the middle of fuck nowhere, Maryland, get in your car and drive out there. We're going to be doing DC the day before. And then I haven't put on the calendar yet, but there is going to be a Mises summer barbecue that Sunday out in Philly. Uh, but at this particular show, the one that I'm talking about at Max's house, uh, there's going to be a full rap concert. You can show up early. You can tailgate. You can get fucking blasted and you can camp out. There's going to be a late night podcast from his bar, which has always been uh, a thrill. It's going to be myself, the Shedcast Boys, Menu and Hearts coming out on these ones. I just watched that guy do an hour at Caroline's and his new shit is absolutely killer. And then, of course, uh, Chris Vega, who is uh, one of my absolute favorites to work with, always has killer material and is particularly fun to live pod with. Other shows that are going on, middle of fucking nowhere, Michigan, Fan Hit Me Up, owns a farm. Uh, that one's going to be a party. It's going to be me and the Shedcast Boys, live concert, me doing stand-up, followed by a live podcast. Denver, closing out Summer Porch Store at Forest Mommy's house. Might be taping. Uh, and then also, we're going to be doing a smoke-out, bug-out concert and live comedy. I feel like I'm forgetting one date. Oh, end of this week, I'm going to be in uh, Connecticut, in Hartford, with... Uh, uh, Andy Melfinari, he's headline absolute killer. I'm doing a spot. That is my friend, uh, silly Sally show. You guys can follow him on Instagram for more information. That's all that I can think of that comes to mind. Also, uh, uh, Gene Epstein just hit me up. I got to respond to him, but they've got a very interesting, uh, long solo form. Usually they go only an hour. This one's an hour and a half, all about climate change. Hopefully I'll be able to attend that. Cause that is, uh, one of my favorite topics to see debated. Always curious to see if someone can actually defend that Amer uh, that the government needs to take immediate action to uh, to help our planet. Um, all right. The last video I wanted to play, uh, which was not loading up, but maybe it will now. Let's find out. Let's see if it'll load up. Here we go. Let's watch. Look at them heavy titties. Yes, sir. I think we have to go now. One more. He said, yes, sir. What are you saying? No. Absolutely not. Okay. Thank you. By the way, Aaron asking if the thing with Andy's last name is an inside joke. No, I'm just retarded and somewhat dyslexic if I messed up his. Uh, anyways, uh, plant Pelosi, she's being asked. And, you know, what, what, what? I can't hear you. I'm sorry. It's the end of the conference. I can't address that. Here's what's nice about the Internet is that when the Internet is actually free, open and people like me can talk about what they want to talk about. And then people on Twitter can comment what they want to talk about. It, politicians don't get away with this shit. They get away with it when they have control over all media, when you're not allowed to post, when there's pure and total socialism and control over shit that these stories don't get out. 
But we live in a time period that as much as they try and control the internet, they try and control people like me with shadow bans, with uh, channels getting pulled. You start building an audience and all of a sudden they go, hey, you're questioning the official COVID narrative. Does YouTube send you a check later? Go, hey, we're sorry. Apparently everything you had said was accurate. You actually really could have helped people make a more informed decision. We apologize for not letting you post on your channel for three months after you started to grow an audience, making it virtually impossible for you to grow an audience on our platform. But they own the platform. And, you know, they're making money off the CIA, their deep state uh, relationships, their pulling of information, their creative of AI. So I understand it. They don't want people like me questioning the COVID narrative because we're, we're all supposed to, you know what? Why don't you send me the official reports from the CIA? Then I can at least understand the questions I'm not allowed to ask because you're not even allowed to ask the questions, right? But that's the beauty of the free and open internet to whatever extent that we can have it, to whatever the extent that we can have free speech is that for Nancy Pelosi, I mean, she's like a thousand years old. We don't even know how old she is. She's been feasting on baby blood. You look underneath that bit, like she keeps her face weathered, which actually, that's why she needs to go to a, a, a underneath it. She comes home at night, you know, like women, usually they take off their makeup. They look terrible. She looks 45 years younger when she takes off her makeup. She actually has to put on her makeup so she can pretend and look older than she is because she's been able to keep abortion legal for so long that she's actually able to eat these uh the, the 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 placentas i don't know what they pull out of these women i don't know what they're pulling out they pull out full uteruses you went in for an abortion you're like hey what happened to my uterus and they're like sorry we already shipped that to nancy pelosi we can't get that thing back we, we shipped her that baby carcass that it all goes right to the nancy pelosi department uh to keeping her youthful she she bathes in the baby blood she, she's eating these placentas and the next thing you know, she still looks like a 40 year old woman because that's when she uh, that's when she got started on this. And, and now she, you know, to, to pretend like she's a normal human being, she's got to get the makeup put on before she does the press conferences to make it look like she looks old. And that way she can pretend when she what 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 what, I, I, what was that? How why are we so how is it that my husband's the most genius stock picker in all of human history? Well, luckily, we've got the Internet and uh, I think they might even change the law soon. I mean, she's already made all of her money, uh, so, you know, it's probably not going to affect her. She's already rich, but it's nice to see that you get a little sprinkle of freedom, right? A little bit of free information, and then some of the corruption gets exposed. I mean, how come the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, legacy media institutions have not been covering the stock picks of these uh, senators for the last, you know, 50 or 60 years? You'd think that uh, there's no reason why people on Twitter should be the ones, uh, my friend Gil Mimone, he, he was running a channel for a little bit, which I thought was hilarious. It was just following the trades of these people. I think someone on Twitter was doing something similar and it got shut down. All right, that is our show. Shout out to YoKratom.com, home of the $6 kilo. If you're into Kratom products, you will not find better prices anywhere in the entire world. You'd probably have to like go to Indonesia and personally work a field. Uh, I don't even know if that's where they get Kratom from, but it sounded good off the top of my head. Uh, YoDelta.com. I got to tell you, I prefer vape pen to smoking weed because I'm lazy. You don't have to smell like weed. You don't have to pack a bowl. You don't, gotta, you don't have to go wander the streets trying to find a lighter. And, uh, you know, it's more of like an even high. It, it doesn't like you don't end up all crazy fucked up and shit. And then, of course, sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off. That also works for uh, YoDelta. That's our episode coming out at Summer Porch Tour back. Ooh, at some point this week, we're going to be doing another episode with uh, Monica Perez. And then I hope to maybe get two more solo shows out this week. Maybe one on Friday, maybe another one on the weekend. And then uh, we're back to live shows and re-hitting the road. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.